Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet researcher and best-selling business author, Jim Collins, best-selling success coach and certified badass, Jen Sincero, and animator and creator of the popular webcomic, The Odd Ones Out, James Rallison. These authors have written inspiring books perfect for caring listeners from 2020 into 2021 with much-needed gusto. Now, step into the studio to hear what it was like for each of them to narrate their audiobooks. Enjoy. Hi, this is Jim Collins. I am the co-author of Beyond Entrepreneurship and the Upgrade release. BE 2.0. BE 2.0 came into existence really because my co-author, the greatest mentor in my life, Bill Lazier, died in 2004, and I felt I'd lost the closest thing to a father I ever had. And I knew I wanted to write something about Bill someday to really honor Bill and extend his legacy and the incredible impact he had on me. And my wife, Joanne, had this really brilliant idea. She said, you know, the book you wrote together, the original Beyond Entrepreneurship, has a really loyal following, but we should reach a larger following with it. And what better way to do that than to upgrade that book and then write this chapter, this homage, this set of learnings about Bill that you could put right up front to share him with the world as almost a really a great gift to the world and ultimately back to Bill and Bill's legacy. If I had to pick one word to describe what it's like to record this book, BE 2.0, the new material especially for folks, it would be the word fun because it's really been tremendously fun to go back to the actual text and then to try to lend a voice to that text to bring it to people like myself who tend to gravitate towards listening to books in an audio format. And related to that, it just has made me really excited about bringing the book out because as I come across all the material that is in it, it energizes me. And then to feel especially, wow, I really, really do get to bring Bill Lazier to the world. The hardest is, of course, getting people's names right and really trying to get that right. And we had tremendous assistance from the producer, from people who are working on this to help really get that right. But also, the other thing I found is that there are some words that are easier to write than they are to say. So if you want to use the word, say, ingenious, that's actually harder to say than the word creative. And as I read, what I discover is that you really need to have some, what I would describe as percussion in the music of the words. If there's not enough percussion, they get harder to say. What I'm most proud of in the reading is my deep passion for the actual material. As I was reading, I found myself just feeling I really want people to receive and get the teachings that are in here. Sort of an overwhelming feeling of wanting to share what we have in this with other people. 
And as we were going through it, I found myself very passionate about coming back to entrepreneurs and small business people, which were where my roots began way back when I was teaching at Stanford. Incredibly passionate about sharing some of the key insights and some of the key stories, putting that next to the narrative. And I think we figured out a way to share the map of what makes great companies tick in a way that I think a audio listener could get a visual conceptual image. And if we accomplish that, I will feel really good. We decided to break up BE 2.0 into I, Jim, would read the new material from 2020, and we would have a professional reader read the original material from 1992. And when Penguin Random House asked who I would love to have, I suggested Paul Michael doing the reading right alongside me. And I was just absolutely thrilled, kind of won the lottery. So what audiobooks have I listened to that I really take away as a great experience? And there are many. Uh, just as an aside, I try to get through about 100 a year because I've always had this goal of trying to read one way or another 100 books a year. And I'm a very audio person. So things stick in my mind. I'm going to give one nonfiction and one fiction. Uh, the one that is fiction is 112263, the Stephen King book about going back in time to try to prevent the assassination of President Kennedy. I think I've listened to that three times. I have wonderful experience every time I lose myself entirely within it. In terms of nonfiction, I listened to the book Lone Survivor more than once. Marcus Luttrell's incredible account and the experience of going through it is just always stunning for me. It turns out that in memory, as I understand it from my reading about how memory works, it's when you can fix, say, something like a physical location to a memory that tends to stick more. And so I like to be moving about, and you might think that actually distracts you, but I still remember, uh, for example, reading by audio, all 4,996 pages of Winston Churchill's autobiography of the Second World War. And I listened to a lot of that when I was driving to and from Yosemite to go rock climbing. This was, what, 30, 40 years ago. I still remember vividly many of the key passages of that, for example, the 25 squadrons. And I remembered it because I was driving past the entrance to Tuolumne at the very time that I was hearing that coming through from Churchill's writings. And because I can fix a location, a moment in time, something that's different than just the norm, it's more vivid in my memory. I have just a whole kaleidoscope of remembrances of books because they're tied to where I was when I was listening. And now I hope you will enjoy a clip from my audiobook. Bill Lazier was the closest thing to a father that I ever had. My own father died when I was 23, and he never took the time to teach me anything about the difference between right and wrong, about core values, about character. I came of age in the late 1970s in the post-Vietnam, post-Watergate era that felt devoid of any grand sense of cause or direction or purpose. By the time I graduated from college in 1980, 
I'd never had a conversation with any of my classmates about commitment to service as one possible theme for our lives. And we rarely discussed the idea of living to a set of core values that should guide our careers. By my early 20s, I had this gnawing feeling that I'd missed something essential, something I couldn't quite put my finger on. And then I met Bill. Hi, this is Jen Sincero, author of Badass Habits. I wrote Badass Habits because I felt like, you know, this is the fourth book in the Badass series, and it was sort of the, I don't know, the capper on, you know, we've done everything about mindset and subconscious mind, and I felt like a good, solid habit-building routine was going to sort of bring it on home. So I felt it was a, a really good next step in the series of badassery. I would describe recording this audiobook as pure joy. I don't know what it is. I just love sitting in a dark booth by myself with headphones on and reading. I think it's my inner nerd sort of reaching its personal nirvana. I mean, that's really all I want to be doing is sitting around reading. (laughs) So anyway, I really love doing this. With this book, there were a couple words or phrases I didn't know how to pronounce, and they were all basically Indian phrases, I realized. So we had some fun sort of researching that and learning better pronunciation skills, which is always a plus. I'm really excited about sharing this audiobook with my listeners because I feel like really connected to my tribe. And while you experience the material one way while you're reading it, I feel like me being able to narrate it brings a different level of connection to it. And I don't know, I just, I feel like we're kind of a family and I really like having the different connection. I think they're both great connections, but I feel like it just has a different way of reaching people when it's read by me instead of having them read it. So I just think it's really fun to be able to have both options for all of us to connect. If I hadn't narrated my own book, you know, I was thinking about this question. I was like, well, you know, I actually would really, there's not a certain person I wanted, but I would really like somebody with some kind of a little speech impediment to do it because I am obsessed with speech impediments. (laughs) And I used to have one, and I was trained to no longer lisp, and I'm a little bit resentful about that. I guess I could train myself to lisp again. But yeah, I just love them. And so I would choose somebody who has some sort of little something special going on in the way that they speak. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Steve used to have a job in the diamond business as a sorter. He'd spend his days in a room called The Pit with a handful of other sorters, categorizing large piles of not-so-large diamonds according to the three C's, cut, carrot, color, by holding each one up to a light with a pair of tweezers and looking at it through a loop. While inspecting a diamond, it wasn't uncommon to accidentally tweeze it a bit too hard and send it ricocheting across the room, doink, where it would land somewhere on the not-so-clean linoleum floor, on a shelf, or perhaps in someone's hair. Hi, this is James Rallison, author of The Odd Ones Out, the first sequel. I wrote my book because I'm always trying to 
make bigger and better things beyond YouTube. You know, I don't want to just stick to making YouTube videos. I want to expand my brand. And I thought that a book with pictures would be perfect. And I thought people would enjoy it. So I made the book just to see if I would like it. <laughs> I was inspired by, honestly, I'd have to say my mom, who is also an author. So growing up, she would always be writing. And when I make YouTube videos, I'd send her my scripts. And so having an author mom really made me love writing in a sense. So having an author mom helped while writing this book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be sore throat because it was, you know, three hours of straight up talking and putting on a really high energy voice. And after three hours, it gets very tiring. So that's what it was like to record the audiobook. I realized I had trouble pronouncing all the phobias that I put into this book. When I was writing it, I just Googled a bunch of strange phobias found the ones that were funny and crazy, and I just copied and pasted them into the book, honestly. Didn't even look at how the words were pronounced. And <laughs> then when I was recording this audiobook and I got to that part, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to pronounce these. <laughs> and I had to basically stop the recording and learn how to pronounce. I don't even remember what they were, just trickstophobia. That That's an easy one, though. <laughs> I'm proud that I was able to even finish this project, the audiobook and the book itself, these types of things are huge projects and require a bunch of planning and a bunch of people all working together. And so the fact that there's even a physical book that you can buy in retail stores is amazing to me. And now there's an audiobook and I can't wait for listeners to listen to the final product. I'm actually looking forward to listening to the final product too, because so many things are going to have to get cut out. I messed up on so many lines. So listening to the final product will make it seem like I actually know how to read books. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably have to cast Morgan Freeman. I know that's probably everyone else's answer, but there's just something about his voice that's just calming. It would be very interesting to hear how Morgan Freeman would talk about Squeaky the Toad. I don't think it would be a good idea to have anyone else record the audiobook, though, because it would be very interesting to hear Morgan Freeman talk about how he raised this toad named Squeaky when that's my story and Morgan Freeman's telling it like it's from his perspective. But I'm very glad that I was able to record the audiobook. I think a lot of my fans will enjoy that. The last audiobook that I listened to was, funnily enough, The Phantom Tollbooth, which is another book that has words and pictures in it. I think it's a little bit lower level, but I just wanted to listen to something while I take floof on walks, and it's a very creative book. There's a lot of wordplay and puns on The Phantom Tollbooth, so I really recommend that. It's a pretty short read, too. It didn't take me that long to finish listening to it. I have this tiny Pomeranian dog and I take her on walks every day. And as I'm giving her a walk, I just put in an AirPod and I'm listening to audiobooks. And I like to think that makes me a more rounded person. <laughs> but my favorite place to listen to audiobooks is Walking Floof. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. You know why I put a one in my name? It's because the number would literally be the odd one out in a sea of letters. It was supposed to be a poetic and artistic critique on our society, and I'm just kidding. I chose that name because the name The Odd Ones Out was already taken, so I improvised. But we can just tell everyone that the name is clever and layered with meaning. 
That would make me look good in front of sales clerks. And if you're ever naming anything like comic strips or channels or children, maybe run that name by a few people first. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.